Hey everybody, the Con Artists here. We're here to discuss our rolling review for the fall of 2017, which was Children of the Whales. So before we even start talking about the show, I just want to give a tiny spoiler that we're not super huge fans of this show. So here's my thought, guys. Last time we chose Maiden Abyss, which we were, it was like a hidden gem. You looked at that yeah. art and you looked at that description and you were never meant to find it. But Brendan found it. So if we sacrifice Brendan to the gods, they will bless us and we will not have to deal with anything as awful as whales ever again. Oh. This is my thought. What if Brendan is like our human dowsing rod and he's the one that finds all of the good shows and that's well, we just have didn't to listen work to last him. time. Oh wow, the alternative to that is just uh oh, what was that one with the robots and the, and the police drama thing? Forever. Active raid? Active raid. It'll just be active raid forever. Ugh. No. Uh. Anyway, Brendan, you're on my hit list because I don't know if I can deal with this again. <laughs> anyway, Dan, why don't you take us through what Children of the Whales is about? I'll do my best. Um, the basic idea is you've got a bunch of people on this sand ship, this thing. They, they call it the Mud Whale because as far as we could tell, it's just a big ship, big boat made out of sand. And there's an entire, like, little town on it, and there's two kinds of people. There's the marked and the unmarked. The unmarked are normal human beings. The marked are these people who can use, like, this crazy telepathy power called thymia, like, lift things and, like, throw stuff. Uh, you know, basically Jedi Force push kind of stuff. Um, they run into another island that isn't moving and find this girl on it. Uh, turns out she's from this evil empire that shows up and burns all of their stuff and calls them sinners and says they're going to be back to finish the job. They eventually fight off that empire, and they're really, really annoying, crazy, like, super soldier dude. And, uh, <sighs> and then kind of try to grieve and rebuild, and, uh, that the, the, the whole thing gets kind of ridiculous because all of the ships, all of these, like, sand ships that plow this, uh, this massive desert are, uh, powered by this thing called the Noose, which are these, like, weird, crazy, like, alien spirit things that live in the bottom of the ship and the empire can actually like control theirs directly but the one on the mud whale uh called falena or something doesn't have any it doesn't have a helm so to speak it can't go anywhere other than just kind of drift around uh so they try to figure out a way to uh you know to break that cycle get themselves out of there and uh hopefully find another nation that isn't trying to murder all of them that can protect them so that's the long and short of it, but there are obviously more details that we could go into that we will explore as we talk about what we did and didn't like. So I guess we should start off with the relatively short list, I think, of things that we liked. Uh, it probably is, is the art, right, guys? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. The art's gorgeous. I think that's really what, I'll use the word, deceived us in episode one when we picked it. It's really, really pretty. Mm -hmm. um, there's a high level of detail. We're talking like Ghibli high level of detail uh, in in these. I'll call it the environment. I think is is really detailed. The characters are, are soft and flowy and very shoujo. I think is what I'd call them. And the but the environments, holy wow, they're just beautiful. They're super detailed. They're super rich. The coloring is gorgeous. Yeah, it's like they've sort of drawn in like texturing sort of to all of the backgrounds. So it sort of has like a storybook look to it. Mm -hmm. uh, very neat. Everything's sort of soft and rounded, but a uh, cool effect. Yeah. I the, I kept being reminded of uh, Nausicaa 
in terms of more the uh, manga than the uh, anime, though obviously the two are very similar, just in terms of how everything is, you know, very, very tactile. Everything has, like, you can tell what the feel of everything is supposed to be, which is really neat. Yeah, is that, or, uh, like, Beast Player Eren, I think, felt a little similar. Yeah, that that's a good example, mm. too. Yeah, they it, it had that... That's a really great way to describe it, Dan. Everything had weight and texture and topography, and it's it's beautiful to look at all the time. And I think that's a real highlight of the show. The other thing I wanted to mention really quick was sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes they had little details, which were kind of neat. Um, I think Thymia is Greek, and the reason I say that is because at one point, late in the show, lead character Chakuro is writing something on a wall uh, while his not-really-quite-girlfriend is sitting behind him, and actually all the characters he's writing in are Greek. Mm. Oh, that's neat. Like, he's actually writing in Greek. And I was like, oh, well, that's really beautiful that you took the time to... I don't know if what he's writing is proper, either grammatically... Or not, but the fact that he's, they took the time to have him write in an actual language to give you this sense of culture was very neat. Uh, you also see that in some of the naming, like the, um, some of the ships that you run into are things called uh, Skylos and, um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Atropos. Lycos was the name of a ship that they right. co-opted to name the character. Right, that's true. Very Greek or Greek sounding words. So there is some cultural consistency, which is kind of neat to see. Yeah, and I think the culture in general is probably the other like high point if they hadn't squandered it quite as hard as they did. Like Definitely. there's yeah, there's like a thing on this you know, you go to the, the mud whale itself, it's like, oh, look at how these people live. They have this like like their system for prisoners is based around whether or not, you know, meteorological events have happened recently. Like there's a whole interesting dynamic going on in their culture that we really don't get enough time to look at. But it seems like someone's gone to some trouble to design it. So I think it was interesting what glimpses we got. Until like the second to last episode where it was, let's summon rain. Oh, well, yeah, not everything with their culture makes sense. Sometimes you just have to sell the Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah, it's the Blu-ray moment, man. Yeah, it was pretty tame by those standards. Oh, but I know. still felt totally out of place considering that everyone at that point in their uh, show, it had, it had been like a single episode since almost everyone they knew had been murdered. Right. Yeah, well, okay, so I think let's feed into that. Well, that's it. That's what it. was good yeah. about this show, shockingly enough. It looks it looks nice, and there's some neat cultural notes. Like, it's a decent concept. Oh, yeah. And then it was time yeah. to talk execution. So Scott, you seem to be the one who was chomping at the bit for this. Why don't you lead us off? Oh, man, so we said the art was nice. Well, there was occasionally some CG. Wow, was it terrible. Like, it was only front and center in one episode, but... I'm glad they got rid of it after that point. Uh, also, honestly, like the quality of animation whenever any character has to move faster than a walk just kind of wasn't great. Like their action scenes are very, very bad. Uh, and then there's like shot composition, which I think I highlighted at one point. I feel like they forgot how perspective works at, at multiple parts during the show. So if it isn't standing still and it's not a background, they kind of had some trouble with it. Hmm. I don't remember too much of that, but I do definitely agree that a lot of their, like, fight scenes, what was supposed to be this big uh, showdown between the uh, dwellers of the Mud Whale and the uh, Empire, um, this, you know, kind of their big Helm's Deep moment, didn't uh, didn't really play out that way. It just felt kind of flat. Everything was just sort of, 
you know, you'd cut to one side, then you'd cut to the other. You'd never really see a lot in the way of action. And when they did have, you know, legitimate action, like a sword fight or something like that, it just was really poorly choreographed and not at all interesting to watch. The enemy soldiers couldn't uh, decide whether they had guns or swords. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or occasionally spears. Just what? what is your plan, guys? Um, and like, actually, that sort of highlights the pacing of the show, which I think was easily the worst, like large element of the show. Nothing ever seems to be paced well. Like you'll cut away from a really important uh, like thing going on and then come back to it right where you left off half an episode later with no, like it's not done for any kind of dramatic purpose. I can tell it's just kind of like, we got two storylines we want to follow and we don't really know how to do it. So we're just going to do them in five minute chunks. That actually leads leads me to uh, one of the things that bugged me was the fact that we have what is effectively an ensemble cast, but you wouldn't know that going by the first couple of episodes. The first couple of episodes would have you believe that our narrator, um, Chakaro was his name? Yeah, he's supposed to be like the archivist on the ship. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a neat profession for our main character to have. You know, it makes sense that he's the narrator. He's the one who's essentially telling the story as it plays out. But then he barely even matters for most of the show. Like, he's just kind of a passive observer. I mean, he's he's an archivist, so it sort of makes sense. But at the same time, he doesn't really do a lot. Yeah, he doesn't do much archiving. Guys, the show decides that Oni is its bishi, and that's when all of it, all of it breaks loose. Oh yeah, Oni. Stupid for Oni. for anyone who hasn't followed it, in which case, I mean, spoilers, obviously. Also uh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> You've saved yourself some time. Um, Oni is like the he's the bad boy of the mud whale. He's like the he, he's this um, guy that kind of like their punks follow like and punks on the mud whale are pretty tame by most people's comparison they're like high school bullies but um he's the only one of them that actually like has kind of like any sort of martial thought he's you know he's more aggressive he can he can fight and he's also their most powerful uh thymia user so he's their kind of secret weapon when they do have to fight the empire they send him onto the ship to uh Mess everyone, uh, mess everyone up along with another strike team that gets hopelessly decimated before he goes kill crazy. But yeah, they decide that he's like supposed to be the core of the show for a while, and he's just not interesting enough to hang the rest of the show off of. He's just, like I said, he's just kind of like a reluctant hero, but he doesn't really like talk or interact with other characters most of the time he just kind of grunts at everyone and is all dismissive so there's not a lot to you can do with him yeah like i think that was the problem with like a lot of the characters you mentioned ensemble cast there's a wealth of completely useless characters in the show that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and none of them ever do anything oh like, especially at i think the it's episode end. 10 yeah exactly episode 10 like four or five sedarians like a whole bunch of them show up, but four or five of them are obviously characters with names and everything and by the end of it, I can only tell you, like, what maybe one of them was about. The other four are such background details that I wonder why they even bothered introducing them. Well, I think that the point of introducing them was because they're planning on having them involved in the second season, because the end of the show did have a tag saying that it will continue. Whether that's yeah. true or not, we'll see. I really hope not. Like, it's just not, it's not worth, like, the time and effort of whatever artists are on this show to keep producing something so bad. Brendan, I was kind of hoping you'd go... Do you have do you have anything to add before I launch into mine? Um, in particular, I mean, I don't know. It's just it it. Uh, 
Hmm. Like a lot of stuff felt like it happened for no reason. And uh <laughs> and some really inconsequential stuff felt like it happened for no reason. Like the the guy, the the skillless commander wearing a mask for the f- single shot that he's introduced in. The single shot. Like he takes it off in that scene and he never wears it again. He's on his own bridge. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just like why why did you go through the effort to have him like wearing that and taking it off and then for for no reason <laughs> i think it was one of those things where somebody had watched like gundam the origins and they're like i really like char can we do that thing that char does where he wears the mask and they were like sure appease that guy and then they did and then they never talked about it again yeah. which honestly seems like so many different things I could name, like a lot of developments in the show or things are like, they seem like they're going to be meaningful and then they're total red herrings like the mask or the goggles that Chakro has or Ginju's entire character <laughs> or the, the random I prisoner, the delinquent gang captures or the coup by the mark that gets shut down in three minutes after it started. Just all of these things that are like, yeah, this is going to be something. And then it just is left dangling because we forgot about it. Like no one's running the ship on this show. Like, and then they just leave other questions totally open. Like, what was the deal with the captain and his wife? Or, like, the uh, the skipper or whatever the heck he is that uh, seems to be the only adult Thyvia user on the ship for some reason? Right, like, has a backstory? Heck, if they're going to tell you what it is. Yeah, something with his eye and, like... Oh, yeah, Captain Eyepatch. And, yeah. and there's some old woman who may or may not be, like, his mom or something who's wandering around with, like, a... like She's got some kind of, like, rebreather thing strapped into her neck. It's like, obviously, this is important, guys. Why are we, why are we not talking about the old lady who's lurking around? <laughs> right, it's, and I think I'd, I think I'd written about this in my thing. Like, it's the feeling that someone created this interesting world, and there's a whole bunch of novels, so I think they did. And then they just gave this concept to some child who is just slamming it against the table. Like, no one knows what to do with this show. Like, just, you know, we've seen a couple of shows recently that have been 13 episodes that are, you know, angling for, for more stuff. Stuff like Made in Abyss and, and uh, also in this season, uh, Gem Country. And, mm. you know, th- they've been compelling enough that what questions they do leave unanswered, I'm still interested in learning about like this is like they're not uh it, it's just not uh hooking me you know or and or any of us probably that is probably the shortest way to put it i just my constant question while watching this show was why should i care right like how about neri does a random musical number on top of a fish why <laughs> should i care twice <laughs> twice it twice. happens twice yeah, because then Emma shows up. Yeah, while I'm at it, both of those girls, Neri and Emma, like, they're just basically confusing everything and acting superior. Oh, that was, yeah. Irritating. And, you know, generally Mishima Reiko wannabes that I just hated by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are you in this show? And let's not forget our six-minute, six-solid-minute-long eulogy for the character of Nibi. Oh a guy who gosh. probably had that amount of screen time prior to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if he's lucky. He was one of Oni's, like, friends, and I think the he'd been... The previous boss of the bullies, I guess. Yeah, he'd been, like, he'd been, like, kicking around. Like, he'd sort of been in the background and maybe had, like, one conversation with him. Then he's, like, you know, it's like, I can't let you do this alone. You know, we're supposed to be friends. There's no way, uh, there's no way I'm going to let you uh, get off this boat without me. And then he gets killed to spark Oni's whole uh, murder rampage. 
And again, like six straight <laughs> grinding minutes of talking about just like how nice Nubia was and how they had such this, this like great childhood together. It's like, you know, you guys like beat each other up the first time you met. And that's about all the information I got out of it. Like, right, like this is a send off worthy of a character in like a long running epic. Right. Like, it just keeps going. And there's like metaphors and all these like visual things going on. It's just like, wh- who? There is a, a, a high amount of gloss for someone you barely know. Yes. Like we just lost 20 other people. Like yeah, did exactly. they get fancy send offs. No, they didn't buy the loot boxes. That's that is the truth. You gotta you gotta buy your loot boxes. All right, Sue, okay. it's your turn. Lay uh, into this. Sure, I'll I'll jump in. I waited very long because uh, I think having watched anime since I was six years old, a lot of things don't tip the scale very uh, volatilely. I guess I'll say uh, I don't like super duper love a lot of things anymore, and I don't really really hate a lot of things anymore. Everything will usually fall somewhere in the middle. I hate this show. Like, I really, genuinely hate this show. It has, I mean, minus the specifics, I think, that you guys have gone into, it is, it has no characterization whatsoever, which is what I really need to latch onto a show. I don't care about any of these people. They None of them matter. None of them have weight. None of them have gravitas. None of them have personalities that move me to do anything. Uh, I think I stated it in the one episode, like, Sammy, who dies in episode two, had more gravitas in her death than she ever did in life in these, like, flashback sequences or dream sequences. Or most other characters in life. Yeah, than than anyone else. Uh, Absolutely everything that was happening on screen either didn't make sense or was in these tiny, tiny little bursts. I mean, kind of like my joke with the, the Gundam thing. Like, they just decided that day this would be a cool idea. And then it never amounted to anything, whether it was character interaction, whether it was plot beat, whether it was like that fish coming up out of the water. Like, what that are that fish? fish. The eyelashes. That fish made Why me so angry. Why does it have eyelashes and where did it come from? And how did you summon that thing? Like, I don't even understand. So nothing nothing about this show made sense and then you introduced like creepy villains later on that had no real purpose like the lead villain has a army of people in jester outfits i was just like was i supposed to be intoxicated to watch this show because like the colors would have been prettier while i was out of it and like nothing would have needed to make sense because that's fine It was just, oh, so bad. It never wanted to expand on a single interesting concept. Like, one of my episodes was, like, our children, because all the Thymia users, uh, they die very early because of, uh, there's a plot point behind it, but they're all children, effectively. That's why the one, you know, eye patch guy is very unique, because he seems to be much older and is still kicking around without signs of going down. But they're all children, and, and there's a, an episode where the Skilo ship is about to come back, so there was the idea that we're going to have to train children to kill people. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. This is going to be intriguing, because the mud whale is just, like, super, you know, soft and innocent, and everybody loves everybody for the most part. So I was like, okay, okay, here we go. No, not at all. Like, not at all. The pacing is wildly all over the place. It's just... 
bad. It's like every single tick box of bad is happening. And I, I couldn't even deal. I was like, how does something like this go into production? Like, Netflix. what does. Yeah, like, what, what are you even thinking when you make something like this? And I still stand behind the fact that by the end of the show, my last episode, which was like nine or ten, I think half of the staff was committing seppuku in the corner, and the other half was desperately just like, let's throw anything you can think of. Scream something out and we'll animate it. And someone's like, I want Leodara to be alive again. They're like, okay, sure, done. Yeah, done, done. That's fine. He may survive and maybe we'll slap him on a lunchbox at some point because those emo kids like the stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, next, next. What's next? I want Eyepatch to sort of have a plot. Yeah, that sounds good. I want demons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anything they could think of was coming out of the woodwork in rapid, desperate succession. And it's so bad. I hate this show. I want a hot I springs. genuinely hate Ugh. this show. Yeah. How about, yeah, we pray to the rain gods by being naked. Okay. By being naked and sitting in our only source of water. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I don't have much to expand upon besides that. And I think you guys can continue to nitpick on little moments. But I think this show is atrociously bad. Like, do not go anywhere near this show. I think the only thing, it's not like aggressively fan y or something. And it's not aggressively violent it's violent in a way you wouldn't expect out of this show but it's not like aggressively trying to hurt you or anything it's just oh it's so bad it's so bad oh i've only really got two other points um to piggyback off of part of what you said sue was the antagonists making you know making no sense that uh, the the antagonists were in some ways the worst part of the show because if it were just kind of like let's look at the daily lives of this like group of people who are stuck That's wandering this whole honestly that would have been great yeah. That's what I wanted I would have been fine with that you know and then eventually they run into something else that they don't understand and they have to learn to confront it okay cool like those elements make sense but that the, the but that whole event happened in episodes like two and three and. So we're left with this whole stretch of time basically padding out what would otherwise have been like normal world building or kind of getting an idea of how these people exist on a day-to-day -day basis. But instead, we are now all of a sudden facing a whole bunch of antagonists. Like, the, the Empire basically uses these emotionless, like, their ships drain the emotions out of people in order to, uh, in order to power them, and that's, that's their military might. They've got all they've got all of their sand ships and you know they're all of their soldiers have thymia though not as powerful as the mud whale guys and all of their soldiers are completely like emotionless killing machines but they're also incredibly ineffectual they're just they're so bad that even the people of the mud whales who have had like maybe two days worth of training are able to beat them consistently they've got armor that does nothing for them they've got these stupid clown masks that are like Ugh. are these supposed to be intimidating or the clown dumbest? masks yes. Yeah. With cat ears and little bells on them. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They have little cat ears on top. <laughs> they don't make noise when they move. <laughs> Why would you even bother? <laughs> so yeah, in in addition to like looking stupid and not being very effective, we were wondering for a really long time. It's like so okay. All of your all of your soldiers are like emotionless. But all of your commanders clearly seem to be like you know your commanders. If anything, are hamming it up, and. There was no explanation for it until the very last episode where we have this whole sudden, like, shift to the Empire 
and we find out it's like, oh, they apparently like eat this stuff that makes them immune to the whole like emotion drab emotion uh, draining effects of the noose. They all of the noble families and their commanders are all like, you know, they're fully in charge of their emotions. Couldn't you just not do it? Like you gotta go feed your emotions to the noose. Like if if you have permission to to have emotions, why wouldn't you just not do it? What was what was the point of having it be a side effect of eating noose? Uh, Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there's just enough detail that nothing makes sense. Yeah, the th- things contradict one another. The antagonists again are just so badly done. Like the one guy's like he's like I want to. He's like he's the whole you know. Beautiful, long-haired villain guy who wants to control the world and make some kind of utopia that's extremely vaguely defined. Yeah, or does he? Like, I swear he has three different objectives in one speech. Maybe, yeah. He just rambles for a while in front of their their high council and why nobody executed him on the spot. I have no idea because, like, he was he and most of his crew were sentenced to death for failing to destroy the mud whale. Why did no one just go up to him and shoot him? Exactly. He lost an entire battleship. It was all part of his plan. Like, it's like, no, it's your, how can this all be part of your plan? Just go away. Yeah. And that's, and he is bad. He is, he is bad. He is lazy, but he's not on screen enough to truly hate the way that we hate Liantari. Liantari? Okay, but yeah, you got to get through him because he's the highlight of the show. Uh, the shrieking sadism fairy in all his glory. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. At least he ends up in a jester outfit. Uh, all of their soldiers are emotionless except this random dude. It's like, is he a commander? Is he like part of your elite forces? Like, apparently the emotion draining doesn't work on him. It backfed into him, giving him too many emotions. Yeah, yeah, he went crazy because it, yeah, it backfed. And you know what's a good place to put this guy? The military. <laughs> <laughs> I still love uh. that scene where he had, he's attacking and he's just like rolling around on the ground screaming about how he cannot wait to kill people while the regular emotionless soldiers just kind of walk past him. Like, <laughs> like I guess we'll go do our job. That guy's just kind of freaking out over there. <laughs> what the heck, guys? I don't get it, Dave. I don't know. My coffee breaks in ten minutes. Don't ask. <laughs> uh, and again, like he he dies, falls off the side of the mud whale. Apparent, oh, uh, apparently, he dies ridic- and w- like they they cut him open, shoot it with multiple arrows, and he falls into the sea of sand and like sinks. And you're like, all right, he's gotta be dead. Yeah, he's, like, super dead. The show takes great pleasure in killing him. And you were like, yes. This is one of the few good decisions you made. Like, I predicted that he was going to come back, but sort of. But, like, I didn't think it was, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a a side effect of, you know, whatever the end plot boss thing was going to be. It's like he manifests in some sand giant that they got to, you know, do something about. Like, no, he just didn't die. (laughs) Somehow. It's just him rising out of of the sand with giant eyelashes and Emma sitting on top of him singing a song and Brendan's like I am over it it's so ridiculous because like oh yeah all the other guys that had to retreat like they, the Skillo ship sinks into the sand so all the survivors had to power their little skiff boat things all the way thousands of miles back to the Empire with Thymia alone which is like running at full speed yeah that was what Brendan said like apparently apparently moving things around with Thymia you know takes energy out of people like they can become exhausted from using it Right, like some of those guys didn't make it back. Like some of those soldiers didn't make it back home. A lot of them didn't. But somehow, super injured, what's his face under the ocean was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't even have a boat. I'll just fly, I guess." Like, ugh. who is writing this thing? Uh, and 
one last thing I'd like to I'd like to bring up. Like we talked about is like we you know the plot is all over the place. The the antagonists are bad or lazily designed or just outright annoying. The main characters aren't compelling at all. One thing that bothered me is like at the very end of the show, it was almost as if I was getting some of what I if not what I wanted originally from the show, something that would have been neat because we cut to the Empire and we learn like, oh, there's actually like the Empire isn't this big monolith. There's all kinds of like competing families and you know, they have the whole, you know, the caste system of those who have emotions versus those who don't. And uh, they have this, you know, they have this long history, this long history of, you know, about some kind of apocalypse that happened and they think it's coming back again soon is like, OK, kind of interesting. And, you know, there's moments where it's almost compelling, but it happens at the very end of the season where it's like, if I'm not invested by now, you guys aren't going to convince me. And it just bugs me that, like, we see these glimmers of, like, neat things because they discover on the Mud Whale, after this whole attack and everything, that uh, the reason that their uh, their ship doesn't eat emotions is that it's eating the, lives, uh, the lives of the marked. So the reason that Thymia users are so short-lived is because their ship's spirit thingy is, you know, devouring their life essence. Okay, that's big news. But afterwards, there's no sense of urgency. Like, they've just been landed on by another nation, a more friendly nation, or at least one that isn't outright going to murder all of them. And nobody's like, hey, guys, we got to get there, like, right the hell now. Like, okay, we, it's like, we'll deal with whatever has to happen, but we need to get ourselves off of this boat before it kills all of us. Right, like, you'd especially think Suo, like, the leader, sort of, of the, like, the youngish quasi-leader of the, of the Unmarked. Yeah, he's the like, chieftain. We need to do this. Like his whole thing is, I want to make the the marked be able to live longer, and I'm very sad that they don't live as long. You think he would have been leading the charge faster than anyone? Yeah, but no, everyone just kind of dilly dallies around. And it's like, all right, we'll do this. You know, we'll. It's like I'll I'll hold this whole assembly meeting, and it's like, all right, guys, this is what's happening. It's like, okay, can you tell us that while we're on the move? Walk and talk, man. <laughs> Even then, once Suo announces it to everybody. It's like everyone's shocked for a second, and then life as usual progresses. And I, I think I wanted to punch the screen at one point, because like, it's ending, right? And Chakra's like, I'm so glad I was born on the mud whale. And you're like, you idiot! There's a thingamajiggy in the basement that's eating your life force. Like, why aren't you people, A, booking it now that you have a helm, like Dan said, and B, flipping the heck out? Like, this would have been the time that the coup would have made much more sense. And they sort of tried to bring it back for like half a second before Odie showed up and was like, no, shut up. Yeah, exactly. The the seppuku group of writers got up just for that second to be like, no. <laughs> or like uh, like the yellow hair kid, I don't remember his name, who was like, he and this other guy, Masu, were kind of friends, kind of rivals, and Masu dies of being marked like relatively late in the show. Where's his like? Oh man! If only we had moved quicker, this wouldn't have happened. Like, where's his sort of grieving over how tragically this guy's life was lost? Seriously, like he was the most interesting character of all of them because he because his tragedy was due to us uh, was due to rules that we established early on. Like we knew he was older than almost all of the other Thymia users, and so his life was naturally going to be short. And then the fighting just drained him even harder. So. All of a sudden, you have this guy who's like, you know, basically trying to be the dad to an entire, uh, 
to an entire ship full of like children and teenagers who is now taken from them by something that is so far outside of his control that they didn't even understand it until the very end. Like that is tragic. That that should have, you know, made some kind of emotional impact, but it just in the hands of the people managing the show, it just fell completely flat. I guess that's the story. I of think the by show. that point nobody yeah. cared. Everything in the hands of these people, everything in the show turns to ash. Like that is the that's the outcome. It's a shame. That's about right. So everyone, avoid this show just so hard. Don't go anywhere near this. It's terrible. Like genuinely terrible. It will try just, just it will run. try to fool you. It will try to make you think that it's pre- that it's pretty, which it is, and it will try to make you think that it's about more or deeper uh subjects than it actually broaches. But every time they go into it, like Scott said, it just kind of turns to ash and falls through your fingers. You're not going to get out of this what you're hoping. Yeah, dodge this one. Hopefully we do better in the next one. Fingers crossed. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, be sure to check out our next Rolling Review Choice. (laughs) 